Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, I'm Nick DiMatteo. Welcome to week 193 and video episode number 19 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other whatevers, and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week, the final album in the short but stellar career of the Smiths, Strange Ways, Here We Come, released in 1987. Uh, I'm going to blow your mind right now and say something that no one in the history of the world has ever said. Ready? Life is not black and white. Okay, it's not a revelation. That's not new at all, in fact. But there's a reason why we constantly need to hear it over and over, because our brains work in a way that want things to be black and white, to be clearly delineated, to be to be, oh, it's either good or it's bad, it's either happy or it's sad, things like that, because there's a level of comfort, there's a level of, of, of uh, surety there, groundedness in a way where we don't have to worry about how to interpret something. Uh, but, again, big revelation, as we know, the majority of life is in the gray, it's lived in the gray. Does that, does that mean that things aren't happy or sad or good or bad or whatever? No. And some of that might be a judgment call. There may, you know, we, we, there may be things that are objectively good or bad. That, that is uh, more for philosophy podcast than for this one. Um, but the point is, gray, gray is the way. That's, that's really the, that's just how things are, you know. And if there's one thing that I have repeated over and over about music, about what I like, about the artists I like, is that I prefer artists who defy categorization, such as uh, big ones, uh, Prince, The Beatles, Bowie. They didn't stick to one genre. They didn't care about genre. They did whatever they wanted. They didn't let any walls or rules dictate to them what they could or couldn't do. They followed their, their joy, their, you know, their whims, their muse. muse. In, in other cases, there were bands who, like The Smiths is a perfect example, they don't so much genre hop. Not really. I mean, they had little flavors of different kinds of music here and there, uh, you know, Latin music and island music and all that stuff. But what, but what they did do was created their own genre, basically. You know, and there aren't that many bands in history who have done that. But I can say definitively that the Smiths were one of them. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I love them so much. And they're easily in my top 20 if, you know, uh, maybe top 10, maybe top 10. I don't know. There are so many reasons, though, why you should love the Smiths or why I love the Smiths. 
who has a voice like Morrissey? It, it's crooning and 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 quirky and somewhat snarky and sarcastic, but very very sincere and bright but depressive all at once. That was just him from the beginning, and the beginning in this case was I think '82. They were around from like 82 to 87 before Morrissey went on to his amazing solo career. I was actually going to uh, think about buying tickets to see him here in Queens, where this podcast is uh, broadcasting from, um, before shows in general were canceled. Uh, You know, so his voice was a huge thing. Johnny Marr, the genius, really the musical genius, I think, behind the Smiths in general. And it's, I always thought it was a shame that they couldn't get along and needed to go in their own direction because Johnny Marr is someone who is very, very well known among musicians and people who like the Smiths, of course, but even musicians in general, uh, but not that well known outside of those groups. And, it, and that is a shame because li- when you listen to something like How Soon Is Now, don't even start me on the what that guitar did to you know revolutionize what came after it or the choices he made in producing and arranging the songs that supported Morrissey's lyrics, the, the way he sang, in such a way that added a, a certain level of credence to everything and a certain level of a kind of sticky groundedness to lyrics that could easily, in some ways, have been laughed off because of how you know, bleak and, 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 and dire they are. Um, and that's that's one of the things. Well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, what? Else? In fact, listen to Johnny Marr's solo stuff. While I'm still on Johnny Marr, you you will be pleasantly surprised. He's got a real grit to him still, and the dude's not young anymore. You know who is? But he he really he really uh, you can tell by listening to his solo stuff how much he contributed to the Smiths. Uh, when you listen to an album like Louder Than Bombs, the Smith compilation album, which is my favorite, let's be honest, it's I like it better than any of their individual albums, you uh, will recognize how hooky the Smith's music was, is. That's something that Smith's fans know. Other people might not know that. They may think of them as kind of a la-la-la-la depressing man. No, man, did they have hooks all up and down and, and various ranges of tempo and, and mood and all that stuff. Uh, because they didn't really give a shit about trends. They they did what their, you know, inner ear and life told them to do. And that's why they became what they became and were what they were. Um, which leads me to the biggest thing and the whole uh, essence of this uh, week's podcast of why I love them so much, other than the fact that the music is good and the songs were good, which is always the key thing for me, is that they lived in the gray. They, they, they did not... Rarely, if ever, I don't know ever, you know, painted anything as a black and white. You listen to an album like this, even this, you know, this is kind of a, a, a peppy, you know, rock song, moving, driving. It's got a beat that you could easily imagine dancing to. And the lyrics are very tentative. I started something and now I'm not too sure about it. I mean, that's gray. If, there, if anything is gray, a combination like that is gray. Um, my favorite song on the album is, uh, let's see, is it coming up yet? Oh, uh, no, it's coming up soon. This, this one's Death of a Disco Dancer. I also like this one, too. Uh, again, really kind of a, almost a very happy melody in this song. Listen. Right 
soars up, you know, very soft, hard, heartwarming. But he's saying, yeah, disco dancer died. If you think peace is a common goal, shows how little you know. That sounds gray to me. But I think like the quintessential song on the album that's gray is the next one, uh, which is Girlfriend in a Coma. It is such a happy, poppy, peppy song. And the entire thing is, you know, my girlfriend's in a coma. Is it serious? Is she going to pull through? Should I go visit her? Like, it's, I, you know, I don't know how else to emphasize how wonderfully, beautifully, soaringly gray the Smiths are and were. Um, it, 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 they, it's like they were reveling in the muck of, uh, of life. And, and I don't mean in a sinister way and a like, oh, you know, let's get happy that life is fucked up. I mean that they, they were understanding that there's a part of life is almost Buddhist that you have to, that you have to embrace every aspect of life. I don't know if they thought that, but that's how I interpret it. Because I think that all good music, all good music comes from a place of joy. You can pick the angriest music, you can pick the blues, you can pick dirge metal, thrash metal, you can pick, you know, gangsta, other kinds of hip hop that are, you know, aggressive and violent, country songs that are aggressive and violent. It all comes from a place of joy, the writing, the uh, performance of it, because I think the creation of music in general comes from a place of joy. Now joy, I don't mean happiness. Joy is not happiness. Joy to me is like <coughs> the pumping blood, the breathing air of life, you know, and, and so that can be interpreted and judged in many different ways, but it's kind of that life essence, that joy, just feeling things just move through you and work through you. And, you know, talk about this song, you know, he doesn't know if this life is going to be the one, maybe it'll work out in the next world, that's what he's repeating over and over, you know, and the Smith's ability to revel in kind of the joy of sadness and the joy of bleakness, instant heart drug to me, instant, and for millions of people, also for a lot for the Latino community, it it, it turned out, which I thought was always kind of an awesome thing, but when you listen to mm, that music from those different you know, communities, you can see how there might be a crossover there in terms of the way things are expressed, uh, which is just an aside, really. Um, so my suggestion will be to listen to Louder Than Bombs first, then listen to Strange Ways, listen to this, especially this next song, which I think we're going to hear a little bit of before I sign off, and understand what I'm saying there. Pick your, pick your fa- favorite songs. There are only a handful of Smith songs that non-Smiths fans even know. I think they're a band that everybody should know way, way, way more about, and they don't have a lot of material, so it would be easy to really knock them out, beginning to end the catalog, and get to know them in a way that you know helps you find the things that you like the best. But tell me, do you like the Smiths or not? Are there other bands you like that are um, happy music with sad lyrics, or sad music with happy lyrics, such as The Cure's Love Song, or going back a little bit more, uh, Irving Berlin's Blue Skies. That sounds, that song, it sounds so sad, but look, listen to the lyrics. Very happy lyrics. So this is not a new thing. It's just the way the Smiths did it, I think, was new, was revolutionary. Uh, And, as always, you know, I'm picking them, or at least discussing them, because they were an influence on me in some way. They were actually a huge influence. I actually wrote a song, oh my God, 25 more than that years ago, 
when I was really, really right at, you know, when Morrissey was really having his, his solo career and it was proving that he could have a viable solo career. And I called it Sorry Me. And it was uh, a very happy, peppy song about somebody who was pitying themselves, but it was also a play on words because if you switch the consonants, Sorry Me, Morrissey, the switching the M and the S, I never released it for a reason, but it was fun to play and it was fun to, to write and to listen to. Um, as far as other songs of mine that have been influenced by uh, the Smiths, um, I don't know, 20, 30, 50, uh, you know, there's so many songs that I've written that, that are, you know, that kind of work in that gray area that do not stick to, oh, it's a happy song, let's make happy music. There's a sad song, let's make it sad music sometimes, you know. Uh, like on the way down, that's very sad. It's sad all the way around, you know. Or um, whatever we have to do to wake up high, that's happy and happy. But in general, I'm back and forth with that. Um, I could list so many, but I'm gonna give you a more recent song, "Lost Found," that has uh, you know kind of an up, happier sound to it in the way that it's been produced. But the lyrics are not at all happy. By the way, let's listen to this for a second. See what, okay, so right, I mean, that's just a very happy sounding song about somebody's girlfriend in a coma. So, you know, and that's, I think, part of why there's joy here, because it's, it's saying life is absurd, that you can, you can have this mix of emotions. So that's kind of my, that's my, that's my little button on the end of this freaking podcast this week. As always... Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Thank you for clicking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for loving music as much as I do. Thank you for commenting because as always, my objective other than talking about music and my music is conversation and connection. I hope everyone's doing well and I will see you next week. It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.